Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be taking a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today's Beef Watch podcast is a producer's perspective, and I have the privilege of being joined by Jay Wolf, who's the president and general manager of the Wagon Hammer operation located near Albion, Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Jay. Well, thank you for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Jay, before we talk about the focus of today's topic, which is around thinking about drought decisions in light of current conditions, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and the history of the operation there. Well, you bet. Uh, the Wagon Hammer Ranch has been around for over 120 years now, and uh, it was founded by my grandfather. And uh, I'm third generation, but I'm fortunate to have my son, Alex, uh, joined the operation here a couple of months ago, and uh, he is working into management. And uh, so we look forward to, I guess, the next 120 years. But uh, we are a diversified operation. We have a seed stock operation where we have uh, registered Angus, registered Charlet, and uh, the semi-cross. Then we uh, also have a commercial cow-calf herd where we utilize those same uh, genetics. Uh, and then we have a, a feed yard here at Albion where we feed our own calves and purchase calves. And uh, so we kind of get a we kind of get a view of the industry from a number of different perspectives. So you look at the current situation right now in Nebraska and many of the surrounding states, we're looking at some significant drought conditions. How has the drought impacted you this summer where you're at? Oh, it's been a big impact. There's some areas in the state that are even worse, but uh, we're certainly feeling it. Uh, and uh, you know, we've done a number of things to try and mitigate the drought. Uh, we have uh, dry lotted uh, all our commercial heifers this summer so that we could uh, preserve more of the range for our, our cows and pears. We also um, have dry lotted our fall cabin cows for most of the summer until they started cabin for the same reason. Uh, we've tried to utilize uh, some lower cost inputs where we could get them, uh, grind up corn stalks and uh, mix in enough silage and distillers uh, to make a palatable ration. And then, you know, we've just uh, we've been out searching for some alternative feed sources for this winter because we came up with about a 50 percent hay crop, which is, I think, a pretty common story. So as you look at your situation for this winter, you think about cow numbers, you think about your strategy to get to next spring. How are you approaching that? How are you thinking through what do you keep? What do you cull? Uh, what's your strategy there as you look at your current situation? Well, that's a real challenge, isn't it? Because uh we're all very optimistic about where this cow-calf industry is going to be starting now and, and certainly going forward in terms of, of prices. Uh, unfortunately, the way you get there is that we've liquidated probably, what, 2 million cows over the last couple of years? At first, just due to lack of profitability, and then the drought piled in on top of it. So I want to hold as many, many as I can. Yet, uh, you know, my feed sources are, are very limited. I won't have winter grazing and, and uh, a number of others, uh, you know, like reduced hay crop we talked about. So we will be selling older cows, open cows, certainly. We've got bred heifers to sell. That was a plan that we made a year ago, really. And here they are. And uh, our area in Nebraska, probably uh, uh, the demand for them will be excellent when we get to grass time. But uh, somebody... Uh, is going to be probably reluctant to own them between now and then. So, you know, can we find an economical way to hold on to them until spring? Or can we market them to the states north of us, south of North Dakota, which have had more moisture in a lot of those areas and really had to reduce their herds 
over the last couple of years, they're looking to restock. Just, you know, I might be rambling here a bit, but we're just looking at a number of different strategies. Uh, typically, uh, you know, uh, one of the things we always try to do is keep our open cows, uh, run them on corn stocks and sell them in March. Uh, we won't be able to do that this year. We're just going to have to park company with them uh, in November, same as everybody else. So we're, we're looking at, uh, at compromises and trying to balance uh, what we see coming versus the reality of where we are right now. As you think about the weaned heifer calves that are going to be coming off the cow this fall, what's your strategy with those in light of the current conditions? Well, again, we're going to try and hold on to as many as we can. We do have some access to uh, some silage and uh, corn stalks and uh, some distillers. So we're going to try and put them on as low cost uh, uh, ration as we can to develop them. But uh, we think their value down the road is going to be outstanding. Same with the younger cows. So we're going to have to uh, make a sacrifice. We'll do it with the older with the oldest cows first. Another thing that we had scheduled before we got into dry weather is we're going to have a, uh, a cow sale in November where we'll be uh, offering some of the, the heart of the herd, really, out of our registered Angus and Charlie herds. That was scheduled before dry weather showed up, but it's it's probably good timing. Uh, you know, So we'll be uh, reducing our numbers modestly that way. And hopefully, you know, we're selling some premium animals here. Probably good timing for us. As you think about the other side of this deal, just the input cost, we've already talked about the increase of hay prices, distillers, grains, but I'm sure your operation, just like everyone else, is feeling the challenge from fuel prices, equipment, repairs. How are you approaching that in light of the current circumstances? Oh, it's difficult there because there's so little of it you can control. I'm struggling with that, like everyone. I mean, like I said, we try to buy corn stalks and grind them and use them wherever we can. Uh, They're usually... uh, you know, when mixed with a little bit of silage or distillers, make a, make the most affordable ration, but it's still a high in cost. As far as labor and equipment, yeah, I mean, that's that's all going up. And uh, certainly fuel's been out of our control. And it's hard to use less of those types of inputs. You just have to hope. And, uh, and we are seeing uh, some increased uh, pricing strength on the sales side. But um, yeah, that's it's a challenge. Have you changed your approach to how you handle some of the feed commodities you do have on hand? Just thinking about, you mentioned limited hay, you mentioned uh, stretching some rations. Are you seeing more people in your area chop more silage than they normally would as a roughage source? Or what's been some approaches you've seen in your area? Well, there is some of that, more silage. Uh, Also, we put a preservative on our hay now and we bale it. And uh, we're hoping that we get a little more out of each bale that way. Um, you know, it's not free, but we think if we can increase uh, utilization by maybe 10%, uh, that's worth something. There are options out there. I mean, you know, we, we rented some CRP we, uh, this summer to try and spread some animals out. Uh, we're very careful with our rotational grazing, and uh, we think that that has added some sustainability to this grass, got us through a little bit better than maybe we could have hoped otherwise, you know, with a deeper, healthier root system. Uh, we're being careful not to over-challenge it this summer uh, so that, you know, when rains come back, and we hope they will soon, that it'll spring back in a healthy way. One thing about supply chain disruption, we have to put off purchasing uh, some capital expenditures, but heck, they're not available anyway. So <laughs> I can't say that's good management or just the reality of where we are. 
Well, as you look towards this winter and the spring, as there are some trigger points in your mind. Obviously, we've had a dry year in 2022, and I'm sure you have some plans in place. But as you think about going forward, obviously, you and many others are are hoping, betting on on rains this next spring. As you look forward, are you thinking about some trigger dates or, I guess, markers ahead on the calendar where based on current conditions or based on what's happening with precipitation, you're evaluating decisions and and how you might approach 2023? That's a tough one. I mean, uh, we all like dry, open winters. Uh, they really help us uh, uh, in the livestock industry. But uh, when they when that weather continues on into the summer, yeah, that's a problem. So, you know, we didn't really gear up for drought, I don't think, until we got into uh, late March and into early April. Uh, you know, we we gave it that long, and I think we'll have to again. I know that the uh, long-term forecasters are calling for La Nina to finally give up, and uh, that will help. So, yeah, I think we just play it by ear. I mean, uh, we're, you know, we're going to gather up the feed that we can and, and uh, try to balance our feed resources to our inventory. And if we got to reduce our inventory, you know, you know, you start with your oldest cows first and, uh, and things like that. But uh, I don't want to sound too pessimistic because I'm very optimistic on what this cattle industry with this cattle cycle is going to bring us here in the next two or three years. Uh, and it will reward those that can get through to the other side. So we're going to certainly try and pull every resource we can together to get us there and uh, make sure we have a, a fairly youthful set of cows uh, going into what I think are going to be some better a better part of the cycle. Any other thoughts or perspective you'd have as you think about current circumstances and approaching drought conditions in light of the broad overall economic conditions and then what's going on with cattle numbers in the United States calf production? You know, we, we kind of saw this in the droughts of 2011, 2012. It was tough to get through it, right? But there was a big reward on the other side if you could just make it. And that's, I think, what everybody, that's not a secret. I think we all see it. And it's just a challenge uh, to, to come up with the resources to get you there. And, uh, but I think that that, that will happen. Now, we, we're going to see some weakness in the, in the overall economy as the Fed raises interest rates and tries to basically curtail demand. I mean, that's their goal. And so that, <laughs> that will put a little more stress on us, or at least maybe it might um, extend out, I guess, the price rise that we're looking for. It may uh, hold that down for a while, but it's going to come. We're going to get there. Uh, there's got to be more profit in this industry than we've seen, and uh, it will come. Well, I appreciate your time today. Any other thoughts you'd like to share in your perspective on on where we're at and, and your outlook going forward? Well, I, I just I think that you know, one of the resources that we use is University of Nebraska Extension Service. I'm I truly believe that. I think the work that's done by Extension and and uh, is is a tool that you know, all of all we producers have to lean on, and I do. And uh, and so we appreciate having that there. Thanks again for joining me today. I appreciate your time. You bet, Aaron. If you are looking for drought resources in relation to thinking about opportunities and options in light of current conditions, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. There are a number of resources there available, as well as contact information for people to help you with rations as you consider different options in light of current conditions.